0: Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky of Break of Day Capital. I talk to leading experts to discuss a wide range of subjects to educate investors on best in class practices to build legacy wealth and positively impact communities. Let's jump in. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky with Break of Day Capital. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery, where we have a great community of thousands of like-minded individuals sharing resources and best practices. Hey everyone, we have launched the BODC Multifamily Impact Fund. Invest with a trusted operator with a track record of success. Our fund offers diversification, risk mitigation, tax benefits, and stringent acquisition criteria. If you'd like to learn more, Head over to our website at breakofdaycapital.com. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to Quotenow.biz and we'll start the conversation. Today on the podcast, we have my friend Christina Suter. Christina founded Phoebe Pasadena, which has over 3,900 members, where she hosts monthly meetups and where I've spoken at a number of times. She also co-founded ITI Education and Networking Club. She's a real estate consultant hosts the Real Estate Bra- Breakthrough podcast, has mm-hmm. spoken at numerous real estate conferences. And uh, I know you're going to be speaking at the conference coming up too, I believe.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Bronson, who co-founded ITI with me, has a advanced real estate investing, I think, pot is uh, the investment, the name of the seminar. The Oh my God, it's a conference. It's an all-day conference. And I Neil Bawa is going to be there. Ken McElroy is going to be there. I'm going to be there. Gary, are you going to be there?
0: Uh, I'll be out of town. Unfortunately, at we'll another, out conference. Of town. Uh, yeah, another
1: conference. another conference. Oh, yeah. oh, well, we're sorry. Gary would have been there, but he got a better offer. But uh, <laughs> no, it's really going to be fun. And it's just it's lovely because it's one of the few local L.A. platforms that I feel like is very good. No sales focus on education and networking, which is the consistent message with Phoebe Pasadena, ITI, almost all the educational platforms i partake in. That really is our focus. And it's going to have some great information as well. And like-minded individuals. So, if you're into awesome. win-win deals, you know that is your thinking and philosophy in invest as an investor in real estate. Then this is the right place for you to go.
0: So, listeners, check that out. And Christina, thank you for joining us. Can you start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you do?
1: Sure. So the story is always the same story, but I'm going to add a little bit this time. Basically, I started investing at 17 unintentionally. My mother had to leave San Gabriel Valley. Anybody remember third-degree smog alerts? Like, literally, in the snow area on the East Coast, you have snow days. We had smog days. So, Lily, you couldn't go outside because the smog was so bad. So, in that time period, my mom had asthma, and she had to leave the family house and move up north. And she asked all three of kids, hey, anybody want to take care of the house? Because i got to, like, go. And I raised my hand and said, I will. And then she's like, okay, here. And she literally titled it over to me. Like, all of a sudden, I own a house. I'm 17, I'm heading into college. I know nothing about real estate. But I did know a little bit about finance. I really need to thank my mom. Thank you, mom, who has passed. Thank you, mom, for the grounding. I was nine years old when I owned my first stock. I was 12 years old when I had my first checkbook. She was teaching me about budgets when I was 16. By the time I moved out at 17, I already knew about budgeting. So she really had built a financial understanding in my brain. So by the time I got the house, it was like, Okay, well, I don't know what I'm doing, but I went out to my aunt and uncle. I bought a condo for my brother, and that's kind of where the journey began. You asked me later about pivotal points in my history, so I'll save that next story for that question.
0: Uh, you know, that's really great that your your mom instilled that in you because our educational system lacks that tremendously. You know, kids should be taught the basics, and and I came from, you know, you know, middle class, you know, upper middle class family. My dad was a CPA originally. They never talked to me about, you know, finance and, and real estate and how to invest at all. And it's, it's really good that you got that education early on.
1: I'm pretty passionate about education. Like, you know, part of what I talk about is education. My platforms, a lot of them are about education. The things, the sort of, probably, the pieces I'm probably the best and most passionate about is I'm residential. Like, what does Christina do? Christina invests in residential real estate, single family, fourplexes, multi-units in state, out of state, condo conversion, lot splits, I've even owned condo tells, right? I've flipped homes, I value added, I've never done ground up development. That's where the edge of my investing is. And primarily I've worked with my own money, but I have worked with other people's money and investors money, but I am not a syndicator and I don't want to be a syndicator. God bless you, Gary. <laughs> You're much braver than I am. I don't really want to be responsible for that many moving parts. In two thousand and nine was when I really learned. I had about fifty doors that I shared with some partners, and I had three hundred doors I shared with other people in general. And so i had I had a significant amount of real estate holdings. I was doing a condo conversion, I had a lot split, I'd already finished out of state, I had at least two flips that were going on, one was in Portland, Oregon, one was in LA, and I owned in in Knoxville, Tennessee, multiple doors and multi-units. So I really created a very, I don't know, balanced, I thought balanced and extensive real estate portfolio, but because I was doing this condo conversion in LA, and I had more than 50% of my capital in this one process, blank, blank, blank hit the fan, right? My net worth was going down by like $100,000 a month. And I froze for six months and I used all, I had like 350 to $500,000 in cash reserves, thinking I could make it through any downturn. Don't I have more than enough cash to be able to continue to pay the bills? Isn't that the rule of thumb? Well, I didn't. I ran out of cash. The portfolio was large enough that I was running out of cash, I want to tell this story because it's part of my passion about education is there was that moment where I'm sitting in my chair in my office and I'm like, I'm a big fat loser. I clearly am not nearly as smart as I think I am. My real estate portfolio was spinning. It felt like it was spinning out of control and I had no clue how to fix it. And I I just sat there in that moment. I went, I just need to give up. I, I just need to give up. Right? We all, I think we all, as longtime investors, have that moment where we just go, Look, I'm a freaking loser and I just need to stop and I just need to accept what a loser I am and I just need to give up and I need to like throw it in. But the thought that kept me from doing that was would I be proud of myself when I was 80? Or would I regret this decision for the rest of my life? And I decided I would regret it for the rest of my life if I didn't continue to participate. And what i was passionate about what had brought me freedom what i knew i loved playing in that created the day i wanted to have gave me the time freedom i was looking for i would be regretting myself and my sense of fear i'd be giving in to the fear so i didn't so i started having phone calls i have come up with a rule of thumb i had this one guy who was doing intentional short sales and I had this one guy who I was talking to, and he's like, you're just so bad. We lent you the money. I can't believe I mean, this was like yelling, like you are a horrible human being. And, and he made me cry several times. And so I now have a of thumb that if you make me cry, I'm going to hire a lawyer. So Because the only way I could get him to stop yelling at me was to put somebody who was maybe a little more reserved, a little more protected than I was between me and him. But I needed to not give up on my portfolio. And so it was really a a process of really discovering what my inner grit meant. What does it mean to double down as an investor? If this is a marathon and not a sprint, and it's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, I have to find the grit to be completely accountable for what I own and who I'm going to be in that. It took personal growth, which I've done for a very long time, and married it with my real estate in a way that was irrevocable. That being successful in real estate was about my mindset. Being successful in real estate was being willing to be yelled at and to be a failure, a loser, and have my brain yelling at me and go, you know what? I I remember the, my one of my success moments was I got this text on a flip I was doing in the 2014-15 uh, time period. And I got this text on, oh, oh. But right? you have that text right? you go, ugh, right. This is going to be... and I put the phone down. and went. You know what? In the morning, I'll have a solution. So rather than doubling back into that story, I trusted that I would have a solution. I put the phone down and the next morning I had a solution. I called a team member and I went, hey, this is what's up. What do you think? And I relied on the quality of my team and the clarity of my thinking, the willingness to be successful in order to move myself forward so what i'm passionate about now is education and mindset so that you can have the grit and the self-trust to stay committed to a field that will challenge you to get yourself from where you are now to true financial freedom and to me true financial freedom isn't just cash it's freedom in your brain it's the freedom to go i'm happy i'm okay if i've got three million i'm okay if i've got 20 million because peace is in here, not out there.
0: Mic drop. I mean, uh, (laughs) great story. I love it. You know, mindset is everything. And and forget the loser talk. I mean, that's such bad self-talk. You know, we all face those struggles. I don't care how successful you've been, I mean there, there how many times i've I've gotten nos from potential partners or investors, you know, or I couldn't get a deal that someone else was willing to pay more I mean it's just figuring it out you know there we're constantly faced obstacles and and the ones that can figure it out are the ones that are successful, you know, and you did that, so you should be incredibly proud of yourself
1: well, thank you. I use it in my consulting work now, yeah, right,
0: and another thing I took away and uh it's so important that team you know you're able to call someone real estate is such a team sport you know i can't take down a a big deal by myself i might i might need someone to help with net worth, liquidity look at the deal what are my what are my blind spots you know there's all these different people that you can utilize to get the deal done and it's such important to have a big network and and to have friends in the industry and then that's what you're cultivating Let's talk about your education platform because I've seen it with my eyes. How many people attend your, uh, your mastermind, your, your meetups, and you're launching them into the real estate world and, and they're doing really big things, so it's impressive. So talk about, what. so was your motivation because of yourself or was there other motivation?
1: Well, 2009, remember, was the time where I went, I'm not gonna give up. 2011 was when I started Phoebe Pasadena. I think it was 2017 or 18, we started the Phoebe Pasadena multifamily with Bronson. And then we just founded ITI, which is Investor to Investor, which is a sister club to the Phoebe Pasadena Club. Basically took the multifamily and called it ITI. And what was important in that transition was for a long time, I just ran the Phoebe Pasadena Club as a platform for supporting new investors where i had also in 2007 started my real estate consulting practice so previously i had been a small business management consultant it's kind of where i landed i'd worked in child care i worked as a receptionist for four persian brothers you know <laughs> i had mean, all the same things that everybody else did right i i was a teacher for a little while an elementary teacher and then a computer instructor so i worked while my real estate portfolio grew But then I eventually got to the point where it was big enough where real estate became my focus. And I can talk about that story another time. But in 2011 was when I said, okay, look, I wanna help other people grow and I wanna be a leader. And I was encouraged by my coach to say, well, why don't you teach people about real estate? And I went, I I can't teach people about real estate. I was like, but you've been investing in real estate longer than you've even been a consultant for. So why would you not? And I went, I guess I could. And I, I always had in it the concept of financial freedom. be a financial leader. I love working with people. Notice, I worked in childcare. I worked as a teacher, both in elementary and and in high school levels. and I worked in special ed. So I love helping people grow. I love helping people find their sense of freedom. i I my greatest joy is being able to inspire or catalyze transformation abundance and freedom for myself and others that's my greatest joy so my consulting practice is based on that concept my iti and phoebe pasadena now since well last year is about transformation first education and real estate second then you, your choice to be a financial leader is the first choice then the investing is the second choice So all those platforms, so there's my meetings, my podcast, there's my consulting work, which is one-on-one, and now there's the family office, multi-small, multi-family office, all based upon that same concept of helping people move forward to their financial freedom, whether it's residential, which I do really well, single family, -family, multi-family, in-state, out-of-state over the 35 years I've invested, or whether it's commercial whether it's uh, suggesting that people invest in syndications which i think is an incredibly fascinating and like every portfolio reaches a stage in my mind as a consultant helping people truly block out okay this is your allotment schedule this is what your returns are this is where your financial freedom comes is by being able to do the block and tackle of what it means to own this in your buy box in your portfolio and part of that should be syndications There's a point where you want to be able to diversify cash without diversifying too much of your time. And syndications are the perfect way to do that because you can trust an expert who has more time and more invested than you do in making it successful. You give them $100,000, they make it work. You get to pay attention to this portion of your portfolio where you're the expert. So it's value in time and it's being able to protect your own capital. I also like the sheer diversification of it. Like, you know, I drink my own bathwater. I've been an investor <laughs> and I drink my own bathwater and I've overinvested in my own projects and I've paid the cost of that. Now I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Let me take some capital and put it in somebody else's bathwater so that I'm not intentionally setting setting myself up for wiping myself out. I saw people do that in 2006 and 7 and 8 where I had People who were in real estate clubs with me, where I was a participant, not running the club, but I was a participant, they had overinvested too much of their capital in one or two or three projects that were all of similar kind, or all reliant on some version of development or rehabbing. And they got wiped out. I didn't get wiped out. I was diversified across the different different regions as well as different assets. So I didn't get wiped out, but I got hurt. So I learned in that space, like whew, I too much in my condo conversion. I need somebody else's good sense in the middle of my portfolio to ground at least a third of my portfolio in that alternative type of asset.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And you could learn from someone else. Maybe sometimes people just do it for, you know, end of the year, they want the, the tax benefits. But I mean, I have a handful of really successful syndicators that have invested in my deals someone that you know, has a portfolio of just under a billion dollars, someone that has over $2 billion has, right. you know, has Im- invested with me a couple of times, you know? So, you know, just because you're doing your own thing doesn't mean you can't invest with, with someone else, you know,
1: and should, in my mind, yeah. should invest with someone else so that you're not drinking your own bathwater all the time. Always yeah. listening yeah. to contrary points of view. I'm a great believer of that. My set, my other passion is economics. So it's, it's, teaching teaching and transformation real estate economics and kids
0: <laughs> those are my so let's let that's a good segue because yeah. i want to ask you you know I, I see your posts and there's a lot of fear out there and i'm a contrarian i think it's a, actually a really good time to buy but i wanted to get your opinion whether you're on the same page as me or not but you know where, where do you think you know you know where that's, we're headed, where in, we're headed. Know, the next six months
1: okay i love answering that question Let's do it. I learned in 2009, I'm not the big fish and that everything rises and falls on the tide. Be humble, be humble, be humble, be humble. (laughs) Do not get your ego in the way because it will decide. So ever since then, I study economics as a hobby. So I'm just doing my disclaimer, I'm a hobbyist. I have a bachelor's in business, a teacher's credential and a master's in psychology. I have noticed there is no master's in economics in there. Okay, but I became passionate about it. So in my opinion, I'm kind of like you. And if you've seen my post, then you understand there are two things I'm trying to get out there. One is stay calm. Don't freak out. This is, I literally use the analogy, we don't get mad when we breathe in. We don't get mad when we breathe out. Why are we mad if the economy is breathing out? Because it always does. It doesn't, you don't have to look at a lot of charts to know they all do this. What's that? Breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. Recessions are always here, (laughs) they're always in there. So be prepared for a recession. Okay, if you're not prepared, then then figure out where you're standing and what's gonna happen. Multi-units that have been purchased in the last three to four years are gonna have a hard time because they're usually, they're not well situated to be able to manage with the bridge debt, this increasing debt rate. Multi-units people have owned for a very long period of time, not a problem. They've already gotten settled. They've already got a good debt to coverage ratio. They've already been able to get the appreciation forced into the building. So there's space for the value of the building to go back down again. Right. But assess your portfolio so that you're prepared for the interest rates. What does it mean? What's your worst case scenarios? And if you've got to sell, you know, SHIT, then sell, right? Like get really clear. Hopefully you got clear six months ago because this has been going on for almost a year. right? The indicator has been there for over a year. So you had a year to work it out. There's that. Now, if you're in the other direction, which is facing forward versus facing backwards, facing forwards, I'm excited. Like Literally, my posts are, hey, guys, if you don't know your farming area where you're going to buy next in 12 months, find that farming area today. Work out today where you're going to double down, because we're going to see decreases in multifamily, in particular zones, right? Because again, I'm residential, right? So in multifamilies, in particular zones, I'm in Indianapolis. I'm already got a real estate agent going, "Hey, find me a multifamily." Because in about six months, we're going to see enough on the street that is going to be worth buying in. My cap rate's going to make sense, right? Or in single families. Now, single family isn't going to have as big a problem, right? Single family has a, a micro effect going on inside of it, which is this sheer lack of housing. Multifamily does have a sheer lack of housing. That's true. It's vulnerable to this increased interest rate because it lo- those loans move. Single family, we got 70, over 75% of loans are less than 4%, right? The interest rate is 4%. There are a lot of people, 75% of the inventory is not interested in trying to move. So there's, it's stuck. It's sheerly stuck. The number of houses out there are stuck. That's going to help keep that number flatter because there's not a lot of supply, For what's for typical demand, even as demand goes down, there's not enough supply. So that single family is going to continue to hold. Kind of sad for me because I want more Airbnbs, but I'm still looking in Indianapolis. So I think being prepared to purchase is the thing where you want to be. My charts say that when you when the Fed increases rates, the last three times that they've increased rates, they hold for about six months because they're waiting for the economy to actually do its turn right so in order for it to do we're the titanic in order for it to do its turn that's what they're going to do and then they'll drop in about six months okay so what does that mean they just passed on increasing interest rates right in september of 2023 they might increase because the dot plot moved up right there are more people who are voting on the rate in the fed the dot plot moved up so they believe it should be done so we're going to have probably one more increase but i'm really hesitant to believe we're going to have a lot more in 2024 so you add six months from the last increase that's going to be about middle of 2024 we might start to see a downturn in interest rates Now I'm just looking through a crystal ball my crystal ball might be might have big cracks in it but I'm using the past to suggest to me a future. When I also look at the charts I see about 12 to 18 months based on the last seven downturns we've had about 12 to 18 months after the Fed has peaked their rate their rate increase is when real estate national real estate hits its bottom. So literally, I'm like, oh, we're almost at the top of the Fed increasing rates. We have 12 to 18 months is our buy-in period. That's about where our bottom is going to be. Yeah, you could buy in two years, maybe, right? Because now you're buying on the upturn. But that's my plan is to be able to start doing my buy-in now because in 6, 12, 18 months, there's my window.
0: Well said. Well said. Easily to understand. For the beginner investor out there, so thank you. I I fully agree. I think there's uh, yeah some really good opportunity. I think there's some opportunity now, even you know where you are seeing some deals that are distressed or selling uh, at a a big discount, and people will be jumping in. There's trillions of dollars of dry powder sitting on the sidelines waiting to attack. Don't wait trying to figure out you know the perfect bottom because you're never going to find it. No, no, no,
1: no, no. No. (laughs) Can it be agitated enough? Don't wait for the bottom. Wait for the buy-in number. Know what your farming area is, know what your buy-in number is. And as soon as it starts hitting that number, start purchasing. Because it's only going to get better. Dollar cost averaging on stocks. You can dollar cost average on your real estate too if you want. Right? Start buying as soon as it hits your number and keep purchasing until it doesn't, until the buy-in isn't right anymore. It should take you right through the end of the downturn, the bottom of the downturn, and the beginning of the upturn.
0: Well, Christina, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your story. I, I re- I didn't really know your full story, so it was good to, for me to hear it. I got three big takeaways. Mindset is so important. Grit, you know, we all face struggles, but if you have that grit, you're gonna, you're gonna overcome them. What's the worst that can happen and, and that team slash education piece, you have to have it, it'll help you tremendously. So where can listeners find out more about you and, and what you do?
1: Pretty simple. I, I, dot my favorite is instagram and youtube so again since i'm into education we have the real estate breakthrough show is on youtube we also have fibi pasadena is also on youtube that's our meeting we have about five or six years including gary up there as presenters gary you're also on my youtube channel as well because you've been on my real estate breakthrough show as well and we're really it's like free education there's no reason why people shouldn't be able to access it if you're looking for mindset stuff that's on my facebook my instagram account linkedin that's where we post the more mindset stuff i tweet economic updates when i feel like something's moving i'll put that out on twitter i try to hit the other social medias as well but christina Suter. S-U-T-E-R.com. And I'm looking forward to it. We're expanding my website right now, right? We got the consulting practice, but now we're building the multifamily office website as well. So you can find a lot of information there.
0: Check it out. Well, this is Gary Lipsky signing off. I'll be back next week with another informative episode on the Real Estate Investor Podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. To all of our listeners, thanks for joining us. And if you like this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher and like, subscribe, and leave a review as it will help us reach more people. And if you'd like to learn more about what we do at Break of Day Capital, head over to our website at breakofdaycapital.com and sign up for our newsletter and fill out our investor application. We'll talk to you next week.